Hello, 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 everyone. This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. I want to start this episode by first defining what is critical thinking. See, If you go online, if you do a search on your favorite web search browser, you will have different definitions. You'll have different strategies like, oh, here's the steps for critical thinking. Here's, you know, it's it's a ongoing, evolving definition. And I'll get to that in a future episode about certain things that just continuously uh, change. But the best way to understand critical thinking is by telling you a story, a story about you. When you wake up in the morning and you get up and you, whatever it is that you normally do, kiss a loved one, pet a dog or a cat, uh, you brush your teeth, you know, rinse your face, or simply you just, you know, grab your phone, grab your, or go on your computer and you start, looking at what's trending, what's the headlines, what did your friends say, uh, what did they do last night, whatever the case may be. And eventually you're going to run into a headline. Now, I'm going to come up with a headline off the top of my head and, um, you know, it may trigger some people. And that's the point. Uh, The president has ordered or has declared war on protesters, peaceful protesters. Now, I'm not going to get political. That was on purpose. The reason why it was on purpose was because it triggers an emotion. See, critical thinking is the analysis of facts to form a judgment. So what that means, and I'll elaborate on this a bit, is it examines every piece of fact and or evidence that is available before you make a decision about a topic. See, we as humans have a very hard time practicing it on a daily basis. It's much easier to give in to your emotion, especially now with social media. We and then and I want to stress this enough. If you were born in the mid 90s all the way till early 2000s, you it, it would be very hard for you, I assume, of course, to to actually Imagine a world with no internet, no social media, because you grew up around it. And I get that. It's hard for me to to think of a world with no television. And that's just the you know, and that's just the way it works. It's okay. So we it takes practice and discipline to take the emotion out and look at it in a logical stance. And that's the hardest part of critical thinking is taking those emotions out and, and just evaluate the facts. Now, if you actually go into that news outlet that's had that headline, I bet I am 99.9% confident that if you actually read the news and look at the source, it's either fake or it's fabricated to for you to click on that because that creates an ad. 
you know, it creates viewership, uh, viewership, excuse me. So critical thinking is self, uh, is self-directed, self-disciplined, self-monitored and self-corrective thinking. Now imagine that you, the human, you know, a lot of people, especially with social media, it, it, you become like this little emperor in your own world. Now you got to be self-directed. So, uh, and the self-directed is a process in which individuals take the initiative with or without help of others in diagnosing their learning needs. So you're formulating learning goals, identifying human and material resources for learning, choosing and implementing appropriate learning strategies and evaluating learning outcomes. So basically, you have to be your own teacher as a critical thinker. Take a moment to think about that. You actually have to educate yourself to be a critical thinker. So I can give you the tools and I will give you the tools in this podcast. It is my dire wish that we that we develop this society of critical thinkers. Because once you have a population that is heavily you know, influenced by critical thinking and looking at all the facts, understanding uh, all sides of the spectrum of whatever story, you can have a much more peaceful society. So I need you to think about that for a second. You know, are you willing to put in the work? Because I am. I am willing to give you the tools. And that's the and that was the main purpose for this podcast. Self-discipline, the ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weaknesses, the ability to pursue what one thinks is right despite temptations to abandon it. This is probably the most I wouldn't say the most difficult, but the most re the most pushback that a lot of people get when it comes to critical thinking. It's so much easier to take things in face value. It's so much easier to not discipline yourself because you're holding yourself accountable in critical thinking. You cannot be a critical thinker, say you're a critical thinker, and not hold yourself accountable when you are wrong. And I'll get to that in more detail. Self-monitored is the ability to both observe and evaluate one's behavior. So now part of self-discipline where you're, you're, you're sticking to the facts regardless of how it makes you feel. Now you have to check yourself. You have to check yourself. You have to check to see, am I really on the right path? Am, is this judgment sound? Which leads directly to self-corrective thinking. The ability to change your mind from the original and many times emotional judgment. Can you imagine where you declare something on social media? All your friends see it. Some of them will praise you for it. And then you come out to be wrong. And that happens a lot, especially nowadays with this whole clickbait uh, type of news outlets that have been going on. Some of you would just like mm -mm, ignore but those that are critical thinkers will correct themselves. That's rough to put yourself out there. This is my sound judgment and then be proven wrong. And then all of a sudden 
oops, I was wrong. You know, here's what, you know, the news thing, you know, this proved me wrong. You know, that takes guts. Okay. Now, why do you need to learn this? Well, critical thinking is individual thinking. Almost every historical leader has shown signs of critical thinking. Before we get into the subjects of like civics, history, or current events, we need to have this foundation. According to a survey from Payscale, I believe it was 2018, 60% of college graduates, 60% do not have critical thinking skills. And that is a major problem. So therefore, the skill is something that will be valued in any career you choose. It will be appreciated because I'm going to tell you right now, it is probably the number one thing in most careers that supervisor management hiring um, staff will, will look for. When they ask some of these questions, like define, uh, uh, give me an example of a time where you had to um, analyze a difficult situation. Like it's very broad or, you know, those type of questions. They're, they're looking for critical thinking examples. Okay. And, and again, this podcast is going to jump into that as well, you know. Current events, that's it's your life too. It's your careers, your you know, your your goals and uh, aspirations. And we will touch on that. Now, how do you perform critical thinking? Now, we'll deep dive through it throughout the episodes, like I mentioned earlier, within different topics and later uh, later episodes. So we're going to look in a big spectrum of all the subjects like civics, history, political science, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. And we're going to go through these, uh, I want to say, strategies together. And it is in my hope that you will follow along. Like if I have an example, if I have a guest and we are analyzing something, you analyze it with us. Now, logic is a big part of it. And logic is reason is reasoning, excuse me, conducted or assessed according to strict principles of validity. So in other words, it needs to be valid, which is true, and factual, because true and facts are two different things. And I'll get to that in a future episode. But there are different forms of logic, but it's too advanced to analyze at this stage in your listening. But let us review two forms of logic. Deductive reasoning, or deductive arguments. Abductive reasoning, or or arguments. And inductive reasoning, or inductive arguments. Um, sorry, I, I said two, but I'm going to give you three because I feel they're pretty relevant. Deductive reasoning, the process of reasoning from one or more statements, premises to reach a logical conclusion. So if all premises are true, now premises is statements are true. The terms and the terms are clear. And the rules of deductive logic are followed. 
then the conclusion reached is necessarily true. So what that means is basically if statement is true, if it makes sense that it's connected, you know, um, cause, you know, and we're looking at causalities and we're going to look into all that in more detail. But if they're all connected and it makes sense, then it must be true. So for I'll give you a premise. All humans are mortals. Mr. A is a human. Therefore, Mr. A is mortal. Okay, so all humans are mortals. Mr. A is human. Therefore, Mr. A is mortal. Now, it's an absolute truth to believe that all humans are mortals. So unless you believe in vampires or zombies, that's another story. And the fact that Mr. A is a human, therefore the conclusion must be true. Okay? That's deductive reasoning. Now, abductive reasoning is a form of logical inferences. So it's like hypothesis, educated guesses, uh, observation or set of observations and then seeks to find the simplest and most likely conclusion from the observation. Abductive predictions or reasoning uh, will have a remnant of uncertainty or doubt, which is expressed in retreat terms such as best available or most likely. So in other words, it's your best is you're basing off of what you know at the moment. So this is and this is the most common form of critical thinking logic, but not the best form, because there will always be some doubt. And this is used in law, medical field and probably in most of your lives. So I'll give you an example. Most classical music composers love the opera. Mind you, I said most, not all. Most classical music composers love the opera. Cardi B is a hip-hop artist. Therefore, Cardi B doesn't love the opera. Now, although premise one and two is factual, okay, the third doesn't necessarily mean it to be true. For all you know, she may secretly love the opera and just doesn't talk about it. Therefore, doubt can creep into your mind. Now, then there's inductive reasoning. A method of reasoning where one's experience and observations, specific evidence, are synthesized to come up with general truths. This is probably the most frustrating of logics for me as an educator and as someone with a degree in philosophy and social science and have analyzed and read hundreds of uh, countless books. I, I, I lost count and I'm not trying to boast myself. I'm not trying to like brag or anything. I, I read for, I, I read for understanding. I don't read to just, you know, make a journal. I don't have a book journal or anything like that. Um, and it's the most frustrating because this is probably the most common in today's time. Okay, we're we're talking about books like, you know, like critical race theories and all this other stuff where it's isolated. Therefore, they're generalizing everything. So I'll give you an example and I'll give you a simple one, like um, just a simple one. Johnny cheated on me with another person. Johnny was a man. All men are cheaters. 
Now, based on this personal experience or evidence, uh, the conclusion is created for the whole. We can say the same thing about racism, politics, and parents. Uh, Does your personal experience truly dictate the general truth of the whole? Think about that. You know, when... I, when I was in the military, I uh, went to Fort Lewis, Washington. And this was officer training, you know, uh, advanced officer training course. And I was, I, I had an experience with racism. Now, I, it wasn't an assumption because later on, one gave, basically in my face, told me a derogatory term. I was... One, I was a, a very, <laughs> I stood out like a sore thumb. You know, I, I am a Hispanic. I'm shorter than the average male from New York City. Originally, I no longer live in New York City. And I have a father that's Puerto Rican and a mother that was a um, immigrant from Colombia who's now a citizen. And I have a very, when I get emotional or I'm talking amongst friends, I have a very strong New York accent. Now, I'm much older now, but in my early, very early 20s and teens, uh, I didn't really have a filter. I really didn't have a, uh, a I, I didn't really self-direct or... Or uh, self-monitor myself (laughs) appropriately. So I was very stereotyping myself in in many ways. And I was judged. But I was judged without saying a word. And it is abduct... It is, excuse me, it is in... Inductive reasoning that brings out racism in people. Okay? So we need to try to get away from that as far as possible to the best of our ability. Now, now it does have its advantages of inductive reasoning. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to, like, you know, badmouth it totally. But when you are trying to generalize an entire population based off specific experiences, I think it's wrong and it's unethical. But I'm digressing. Um, A little bit about me since this is the first episode. Um, A little bit more about me, I should say. Um, I dropped out of school in 10th grade. However, thanks to my brother, who was my older brother, who was a war vet, who was honorably discharged, and he was talking to me, and it kind of inspired me, pushed me forward, and I wanted to go into the military, so I studied, got my GED within one month, and he told me, you should be an officer, you should, you know, you have some leadership skills, and all this other stuff, so... I was not a big fan of uh, <laughs> of school, but I decided, let me go to college. And one of the first courses I took was critical thinking. And that blew my mind. I 
was amazed, astonished, just whatever you know type of word you want to use to explain like blown away by that the ideas that I never got to learn in public school. I was learning how to think rather than what to think. And I think that's a big difference. And because of that, I had amazing life. I had an amazing life. I, you know, my commission life didn't pan out. Um, long story. And I'll get to that um, in a future episode. But I went into Wall Street, became a stockbroker, then a wealth manager. Mind you, I've only had two courses in math, I believe, in my university uh academic career and but I was very good I was very good in looking at uh, hypotheticals and putting portfolios together I just hated prospecting um, and then through the, when the economic crisis happened around 2008-2009 I decided to start my own business like a consulting company did that for a few years it was okay I couldn't catch up with the fees because I was discounting so much I did a lot of volunteer work so I was getting pulled in different directions and eventually I became a police officer in New York City uh, that opened my eyes to a whole new world and I won't I realized with my volunteer work and everything I learned, everything I was self being self-taught, you know, to expand my academic um, knowledge that I needed to do more. So when life happened and I had to make a choice between leaving my career and moving, uh, which I currently reside in Florida due to family health issues, I decided to you know, leave that career and I became a educator. So I teach right now in the social science. I specifically teach civics and history, uh, but I also do a lot of, um, I do a lot of work with a lot of the students regarding economics, basic economics, you know, um, and life, kind of life skills, you know, from how to manage money to, better decision-making to how to reach a certain goal that may feel like a dream at the time. So it's called deconstructing a, a plan and then using star tactics. And again, all of this, if it feels like it's going over your head, don't worry about it. I promise you in future episodes, I will tackle all these things. Okay. This is just not the, um, this is this is not the, uh, the the time. This is just you know we're just we're just having a little a little intro, if you will. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week.